Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Laura Burhini from Animal Attraction Unlimited. And I'm Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Today we're going to talk about table food and begging. And those two things, by the way, are not necessarily synonymous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're not necessarily related. People food does not create bagging. Yes, feeding your dog a hot dog or string cheese or roast chicken does not make him suddenly beg at the table. Right. It's, Dogs are opportunistic, and if there's food around, they're going to take it for the most right. part. And so the reason that you originally wanted to talk about this was because? Was because I've had clients say to me, like if I show up at their house for training and I happen to have hot dog or string cheese or some other kind of people food with me, they say, oh, I don't want to use people food because I don't want them to beg at the table. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't have <laughs> anything to do with begging at the table. No. I think that the misconception there comes from the idea that dogs can dogs will inherently know the difference between people food and dog food. Mm-hmm. And the and the funny thing is we're the ones who make those decisions or those distinctions. Mm-hmm. We decide that one is people food and one is dog food. For dogs, just so in case there's anybody out there that doesn't know this, it's just food. Food if it's edible and some things that and aren't available. edible. Right. And right. available. Right. Th- then it's food. Mm-hmm. And they want it if mm-hmm. they if they like it, if it's to their taste. They're gonna take it. There's not like they're gonna you feed them their only their dog food, but then you can put, you know, cheese and crackers out on the coffee table, and he's going to walk by it and go, oh well, that's I've never had people food before, so I'm just not going to touch that. Right now, here's why people get it confused. I think because it is a good habit not to feed your dog from the table. Mm-hmm. It is a good habit not to feed your dog from the small table that you have the cheese and crackers on or the right. coffee table, and so. People who don't do that because they're not feeding any people food because they don't want their dogs to beg are successful then. Their dogs don't beg because they don't expect food to be given to them in that set of circumstances. Right. Then they think that reinforces their ideas that because they've never had people food, they don't beg for people food. But the reality of it is because they've never been fed from those areas when they have been soliciting for food. Mm Mm-hmm. They give it up. Right. It's an unsuccessful behavior and they give it up. Right. Because what happens is, like, let's say, even if you wanted to give your dog table scraps, you don't, if you go, well, you know, I was done with it and so I want to give it to the dog, They what they usually do is they go, well, I'm done, and they're still sitting at the table and they reach onto their plate and hand it to the dog. Which will create a begging dog. Exactly. Because the dog has been sitting, hopefully... At your feet, waiting for you to do that, waiting for you to possibly drop something. And so the next time you sit down at the table and you have your plate of food, the dog comes over and says, well, I was sitting here quietly, but she doesn't seem to notice me. I better up my my efforts here. Right. Well, and and not only that, but we tend to think that the dog knows that we're done. The dog knows we're finished eating. Right. And he should know the difference between, well, I'm finished eating now. Even if we announce it to him, I'm finished eating now, so I can hand you this. Right. But I don't expect you to beg tomorrow night. Right. And, you know, the way that you could demonstrate this, although I, or illustrate this, although I doubt anybody would actually do this, is um, if you filled your human, if you'd never allowed your dog to get take anything from the table, to have anything, from, you just simply didn't feed your dog from the table. You didn't feed your dog in places where the dog was standing and begging, and then you brought um, 
people plates out and you put a bunch of dog food on them and you, yeah. put, <laughs> you would find your dog was equally disinclined to beg at the table mm-hmm. unless you rattled the bag and did those things that he knows normally precedes his meal true so if that's a situation and I hopefully I'm saying this in a way that people understand this the point is the dog begs for food because it's successful if a dog is never successful while he's begging he stops begging. Right. Dogs do what works. That's all you have to remember. If you pay attention to the dog when you're sitting at the table, if you feed the dog from the table, whether or not it's people food, even if you have dog kibble on the table and you reach up and you hand the dog kibble from the table. That's right. You would still have a begging dog. To, exactly. Because it's not people food, quote unquote. That causes begging. That causes begging. So the problem that I think you run into is, like you said, you go there and you go to people's houses and you want to train the dog using hot dogs or string cheese or some kind of heavily Last night's chicken dinner. Chicken. Not okay. mine, but somebody else's. And because because your client has decided that's people food, mm-hmm. not to be confused with dog food, they don't want to use it because they think that if they use that to reinforce training, that it's going to then transfer to the dog going over to the table and begging mm-hmm. or it's going to transfer to a dog who tries to take food from a low table a low coffee table the dog that doesn't take food in, in a, at a party the dog that doesn't take food from the low coffee table is not the dog that has never been given people food it's the dog that's never been, been trained in that situation right been trained that that's an off-limits space for them and that they're not allowed to come well if you have a dog that's tall and can reach over and grab it you then have if to do some looking. training yeah yeah you have to do course. some training but it's a misconception that people have that somehow if a dog has people food they are going to become beggars they're going to want people food but here's if the it's thing food, it's food <laughs> It's food. It's dog food. It's people food. It's food. It's right. just food. And like, let's say, let's say you do want to. So, like, somebody does want to be able to give their dog table scraps. There is a way to go about doing that without creating a begging dog. And the way I would do it is like, let's say I have something on my plate that I then want to put into my dog's bowl. What I would do is take it to the kitchen counter, clean up everything from dinner, take the dog's food bowl, put it up on the kitchen counter, transfer it into the dog's food bowl, finish cleaning up the kitchen. And then a while later, put that food on the floor so that it is as much time separated and distance separated from the actual table down onto the floor in the dog's food bowl. Right. And the other thing that you could do is you could take that and turn it into a positive training experience. Mm -hmm. So you could teach the dog to hit a spot, a mat, someplace that he's going to lay down, and you could build up duration on a downstay mm-hmm. so that actually at the end of the meal you walked over and gave the dog a scrap of food as a reward for laying still mm-hmm. on the bed, which would be blown if the dog got up off the bed. Which right. Would be, so then that would not be a dog. Well, he would in essence be begging. He would have just learned that the best way to beg. Because from you know 10 what? feet away. Most training behaviors that you've taught with food are, are the dog begging. <laughs> it's, just, it's just learned begging. It's, listen, I know that if I perform this task on cue that I'm going to get a reward of some sort. Maybe it's just going to be petting. You know, mm-hmm. it depends on what you've done, what kind of um, secondary reinforcers or pairing that you've done with it. But the point is the dog says, well, I'm going to do this because this will successfully earn me the food. So when dogs beg, for them it's just a behavior that successfully earns them the food if they sit there long enough. Because mm-hmm. how many times have you been at somebody's house, maybe you do this to yourself, 
maybe you've just seen somebody do this, where um, the dog comes up and he looks really cute and they can't resist and they give him the food. Mm-hmm. Well, then the dog learns to come up and be irresistible. Right. Sometimes that's by being what I would term obnoxious <laughs> or pushy. <laughs> right. Oh, look at the cute look on his face, Kim. Right. How's that obnoxious? Right. So that might be begging to me and for them it might just be looking cute. Yeah. But the point is, it's successful. It earns them what they want. That's why they do it. So you can take that and turn it into something positive. I do have a funny story to tell about the food that you were talking about. Okay. When I was a kid and we ordered pizza, my sister had at one point gotten a dog. My mother had allowed her to get a dog. I was usually the one who had like six million animals collecting them right and left. And my sister was feeling left out, so she wanted a dog. So we went to the animal shelter and we adopted this nice little dog. and, And he was a puppy when we got him. And he got, as he got older, he was completely spoiled by her. Completely. I mean, she just did everything that we ever talk about that you shouldn't do. She did. That was my sister. My sister was the dog spoiler. And she will laugh when she hears this because she knows it's true. It's whiskey, Terry. Anyway, so this dog, we used to give him the crust. We didn't like the crusts on pizza. Uh So we would give him the crusts on pizza. But the the rule, my mother's rule was, okay, you don't feed him from the table. When you're all done, we go and we put it in the box, clean up the kitchen, and then you go over to that box and you give him the pizza crust out of the box. So if there was a pizza box on the stove, which is where the pizza box stayed when we were eating, uh-huh. he would stand by the stove. By the stove. <laughs> Right. So instead of teaching him to beg at the table, he's he's begging at the stove. Which is not where we were, but that was where he would be. Now, the funny part about this is he would stand there throughout the entire dish process until he got the the crust. Mm -hmm. If the trash can, which didn't really accommodate the great big pizza box, so normally we'd get up in the morning and we'd take it out to the trash outside. If it stayed on the stove at night, empty. He would stay there? He would get up in the morning and he would be standing at the stove begging. Because this was his routine. He didn't learn to beg at the table for this. Mm-hmm. He learned to beg at the stove. It's the same because thing. That's right, because that's where he got fed. Because it was successful. That's right. right. It was basically, it was a trained behavior. Right. And that's what begging is. Begging becomes a reinforced or trained behavior. Right. And it's where they where they receive the reinforcement. So your idea of putting a, a bed in the corner of the room or even outside of the room. I know people who have taught their dogs to stand outside of the dining room. If there's mm-hmm. a nice delineation doorway mm-hmm. going from carpeting to tile or something mm-hmm. like that, that they teach the dog, you stay out of the room when we're eating. Mm-hmm. And afterwards we will pay you for being out of the room. Go there and reinforce it. Right. It wouldn't matter if you reinforce them with quote dog food or people food or people food. The point is, do they get the reinforcement? So if you have a dog that is begging, though, if you have a dog that's really a, you know, that's already learned that behavior, let's talk a little bit about how you would... How to fix it? Re- yeah, how you would get rid of that. Well, stop feeding people food. <laughs> at the I'm table. <laughs> yeah, at the table. How's that? And start feeding dog food at the table. No, right. Um, right. No. So how do you instruct people to begin that process? Well, usually I do exactly what you said. I'll put a bed in the, you know, in the corner of the room. And mm-hmm. to keep them from having to continue to get up and go over to the corner and put the dog back, because most dogs aren't going to know that they can beg from the corner, as you put it. They, can, they think that they need to be up at the table to remind you, hello, I'm right here, hello, hello, is that I will even take them and attach a leash 
to them. So they're and, physically kept there. Right. And so that way we're setting them up to succeed instead of having to continue to disrupt our meal and put them back. Mm-hmm. And that way when they are over there, then we can just have, we can either give them like a stuffed Kong toy or a bully stick or something to to motivate them to, to keep them busy while they're there. Because otherwise they're going to stand on the end. Uh, some dogs will stand over there and even though they're tied up they may start whining or barking or mm-hmm. and sometimes depending on the size of the kitchen or the the dining room i know that dogs can still reach out and maybe touch the back of the chair right you know somebody's chair right. to get your attention anything to get your attention so if you put them over there and you keep them busy and you teach them look when you're over there i'm going to give you a stuffed kong toy or bully stick or something to, to keep you busy and that's a good place to be mm-hmm. um and that's usually how i started out yeah. You know, the thing about that type of protocol is there are so mar- many variables in a protocol like that. Oh, yeah. There really are. I mean, there are several different ways to go about it, and there are differences depending on the dog and depe- depending on how vocal the dog is, how active the dog is, how accepting the dog is, how all these different things, the, the protocols are different, done differently. But one of the things that you can do is you can shoot for teaching the dog to stay in a space. So whether or not it's... Like you said, the delineation between the rooms mm-hmm. so that you teach them to stay out of the room. Halfway through the meal, you might even get up and go reward them right. when you've been working on this for a while. But Because, again, we're not going into specific protocols. But the idea would be to teach them that something else was going to earn them that which they want. Right. And and then you could even do something like your dog with the pizza box. Put him someplace where up on a shelf, maybe above him, is a little container of his treats. Mm-hmm. And that is going to motivate him. It's going to focus him over by where he is as opposed to where you are. And then occasionally throughout the meal, you go over, and as long as he's being good, that you reach up from the treat jar above his head and give him one there. Right. With a really, really serious beggar uh the first thing that i usually have people do is start because i actually go to what you're talking about but uh, the first thing that i have people do usually is put the dog away from them when they eat and Mm -hmm. then spend about a week going to the table for short periods of time yeah and eating something and walking away and not giving the not giving the dog any attention whatsoever. That includes looking at them. That includes anything. So even if they're barking at you, that's why you keep them to short periods of time so that you don't end up so frustrated <laughs> that you that you give in. But I actually have people teach the dog the new thing is this doesn't work, and it makes it a little bit easier to get something that does work because at, you know in that week that the dog's going wow the table suddenly became you know, no treat land, nothing, zilcho, zippo. The only way, however, for that to be successful is that when you do sit down for a meal and you're distracted and you don't have time to be working on this, that you actually put the dog in an area where they can't. They physically cannot come over. So I won't even put them where they can see. Yeah. You eating the meal, I'll actually have them put them in a room or somewhere away, totally away from the table. That's just that... That's just setting the groundwork for it. And then I proceed yeah. to what you were doing. Yeah. Because and, the, and another option is behind a baby gate. If you don't have any place to tie the dog down to you, behind a baby gate. But preferably where the dog can't see. Where he right. can't stand there and continue giving you cues. Because what happens, and the reason that dogs continue to hope on this one, is because when we're sitting there, even if we decide, well, I'm not going to give him any food, the dog then escalates his behavior. And Some we dogs, can't help but look over our shoulder. Look at him. Yes. Or say, oh, stop it. Right. Or something that gives the dog more hope. 
Mm-hmm. Doc says, I've got her attention now. Yeah, now all I have to do is figure out how much more obnoxious I need to be in order to get what I want. That's right. So the beginning of trying to teach a dog to let go of a behavior that you don't want is to teach them that it no longer elicits any response from you. Anything that they want. If they're looking for a response from you, teaching them that it no longer elicits that response from you is a really good idea. However, it's impractical to try to put that into a meal. <laughs> to try to teach them that during a meal because sometimes what happens is you're sitting down, you're trying to get the meal taken care of. And you want to eat before your the, food gets cold. Right. The dog or before is your being, ice cream melts. Right. <laughs> in my case. Oh, I love ice cream. The dog is being <laughs> so obnoxious that you can't follow through. That's why it's really important when I'm when we I start this with people to do it not to do a mock meal, a fake meal. Mm-hmm. So something that you just sit down and oh, you take a piece of cheese or something, you sit down and you eat your little piece of cheese, and it only takes you five minutes. But during that period of time, you give the dog zero, zero reinforcement. No, no reason to even hope. They have disappeared as far as you're concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they They're are no totally longer invisible. In yeah. Right. So um, and it's much easier to ignore them for such such a short period of time. So, like, let me ask you this then: for these mock meals, when when you sit down and you eat something, and you're supposed to be ignoring the dog, and let's say the dog does make noise, at what point do you tell people to go ahead and release the dog from wherever they are? I don't have them start with putting the dog on any kind of stay or anything. We go into the exact routine that they would normally go into. So it's okay the then for lives. the dog to be sitting. Okay, the dog can be there. They just do not pay attention to the dog. If the dog pushes into them, they turn away from the dog. Okay. If the dog comes up and nudges them, they just simply move away, but without looking at the dog, without paying the dog any attention. Right. Or they block the dog with their chair, something. Right, with their that chair is not, or their arms. Yes, that right. is not violent, that is not aggressive. It is simply the deal killer. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, this is not going to happen. It's a clear physical representation of the idea that this is not They're going to happen. They're shunning him. Yeah, well, sort of... Sort of yeah. they are, except what they're doing, shunning sounds so punishing, and the truth is what you're trying to do is tell the dog that behavior does not get my attention. There mm-hmm. is nothing about that behavior that is going to get you anything of what right. you're looking for. And it's going to go on for a while, depending on how long the dog has been successful in doing this begging. But you would be surprised. A week of mock meals, mm-hmm. honestly, a week of mock meals, maybe three times a day, more often a day is, is better, oh, but yeah. not everybody has that time. But a week of mock meals has a surprising effect on dogs because they are scratching their heads going, what the heck? About midway through the week, they're usually trying extreme measures. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen dogs throw themselves at people, jump up and try to, I mean, just really go over the top trying to convince you that right. they're there. So when I'm working on these kinds of protocols with people, I will we'll talk about what kind of extreme measures the dog might have and what kind of responses you might make, you know, how you might block them or what you might do and how you might go about it. But it's funny because by the end of the week, the dog's just sitting there scratching his head going, this is the weirdest thing. But then when you have that dog in the head scratching stage, it's a lot easier to to then introduce, okay, well, this does work. A new concept. Yes, this does work. Right. Try this. And then the dog goes, oh, oh, okay, waiting works. Okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever works. I just want it to work. Right, right. <laughs> I want to I go back to getting my food. That's right. So there is a way to deal with bagging, and it doesn't have to involve, you know, there's a lot of different things out there that people teach, and they'll teach some pretty aggressive concepts to get a dog to stop begging that I've heard about. Like what? Uh, bopping the dog or oh. slamming into it or various things. I mean, there are various things out there that people teach. And, and you don't really have to do that. In the end, you just have to remember 
Why is the dog begging? Right. And this kind of goes towards counter surfing as well because people don't associate, let's say they don't want the dog begging at the table, but then occasionally while they're making a sandwich or something at the counter, they'll toss they'll, something down. They'll the dog. feed something. They'll feed the dog something from the counter, and then number one, they wonder they wonder why the dog begs at the table because that kind of is a similar concept. Mm-hmm. You know, the food is up on a flat surface, and you're standing there, and the dog is giving you this look. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they also wonder why now the dog is putting his foot up, feet up on the counter shopping. Right. It's because the dog knows that that will get him something. Mm-hmm. That will get him somewhere. Another thing to maybe we can touch on is if you get a new dog, a new puppy, let's say you get a new dog or a new puppy into your house and you don't want begging from the start, very easy to not create a begging dog. Very that is easy. Never allow it to work. So if a dog comes over, let's say you've rescued a dog that thinks that begging is going to work, but you brought him into a brand new home and he knows nothing about this, don't acknowledge him when you have food in your hands. Don't acknowledge him. Don't look at him. Don't talk to him. Don't nothing. He mm-hmm. is he is invisible. Let him know. The food will never come from my hand to your face. And the way to do that, unfortunately, a lot of times people think if they just tell the dog, no, no, I'm not going to do it. You can't have this, that the dog is going to then get it, that that food is not going to magically go to their mouth. But unfortunately, that has the opposite effect. That just keeps the dog understanding that you still recognize that he's there, that you still know <laughs> Because you're interacting him. with him. Now he has to do is figure out what it is you want him to do. Which is the button I have to push to get the food to come right. down. Because he doesn't understand all the gyrations that you're going through and all the things that you're saying to him. He doesn't understand how that... He, first of all, he doesn't understand it. But right. even if he understands the word no, he doesn't necessarily understand no for what. What am right. I doing? Or they say no, sit. And then the dog sits. Expecting and then something they, to happen. Right. And, right. and then they do. Right. So this same this same piece of food in your hand that the dog was begging for or putting his feet up on the counter for, you tell him no, get off. He gets off, and then you say sit, and he sits. Then you reach up onto the counter and give him the piece of food he was just begging for, and then you're kind of building in a cycle of put your feet up on the counter, sit, and then I get it. Well, he knows that's not off limits. Clearly, the food that you're eating is not off limits. Clearly, mm-hmm. I can get it. I just have to figure out which buttons to push. Mm-hmm. It actually encourages the behavior because then he just goes, okay, what buttons do I need to push? Let me look for the right button. Because mm-hmm. then he comes over and he just offers a sit and you don't necessarily reward that because you didn't tell him to. And then he starts then he escalating up. the behavior right. because he's looking, okay, what was the button? What was the magic button? I got to find that magic Jump button. Jump up and then sit. Yes. What is it that I have to do? So... The key to getting a dog not to beg from the start is simply don't feed them from the table. Don't feed them from the counters. Don't feed them from your easy chair. Don't feed them in that situation. And if they do come over and beg, don't keep talking to them. Don't keep making eye contact with them. Don't keep watching them. Because that's all reinforcing. It just keeps hope alive. (laughs) Yes, yes. You're still talking to me, so I know I have your attention. Now all I have to do is figure it out. Yeah. What? Where's the magic button? What do I have to do? Okay. Clearly, it's not me just looking at you anymore. So what do I do? Need to do? Do I have to paw you? Do I need to jump up on you? So he paws you. He barks at you. He jumps on you. Then he sits, and then you feed him. Right. Or even if he doesn't, even if you just get tired of it and keep saying, no, 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 you just keep hope alive. Because he says, well, we're getting warmer. That's how it feels to him. It feels to him like we're getting warmer. You're, I'm getting still more and more of your attention. Right. You're That's, still interacting with him. And you're getting deeper involved in your attention mm-hmm. to him. Your attention is not waning. It's absolutely getting stronger and stronger and stronger on him. So how many more steps does it have to be before I actually get the food from you Mm -hmm. okay and the longer he goes doing that behavior and then you eventually give in then you're you're just building up his endurance right his his persistence right 
But the easiest way to not build on that stuff is to ignore them. A lot of times I go into people's homes and they say, oh, no, I try ignoring him, and he just gets worse and worse and worse. And I say, really, do you really ignore him, or do you simply not give him the food? They say, no, I ignore him. So we go through the exercise, yeah. and they show me. And, and they're watching little eye contact, right? and they're talking about it, and they're telling him no, and they're pushing on him, and they're just... And I say to them, that's not you, ignoring. Have you ever been ignored? Right. <laughs> Do you know what that actually feels like? Because it doesn't feel like that. Right. <laughs> when somebody's truly ignoring you, I mean, they may be ignoring your request, but they are not ignoring you. Right. So, so that's about it. I think Do we so. Have anything else? All right. Well, I'm Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Berhini from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. And remember, you can find Doggy Dish on Facebook and download us from iTunes. Thank you for listening. <laughs>